here we go, another show. You've tuned in to a musical, a musical I'm episode. Falling in all the okay, good Ronnie, times. I'm done with this Star is Born, born song, okay? I'm done with it. Fortune. Wait, let me ask you something. Tell me something, boy. Are you tired I need you of, to not read the lyrics <laughs> to this are you, fucking song. Are you tired of trying to fill that void? I think I am. Or do you need more? I think so. Hey, why are you always trying to keep it so hardcore? You know, <laughs> I think it might be because I'm black. I don't oh, know. Wow. <laughs> okay. Well, here we are, guys. This is the Ronnie Markell Make a Podcast Show. Uh, this is episode 76. We are the aftermath Dang. of fanfare Woo. and all of the other great and crazy news that's happened in pop culture. But you know your boys got you here. We're going to give you the news as well as uh, bring up some a new segment in our show called Cast This later on. Cast uh, so This. Cast This. Uh, we're going to do some casting, uh, future casting on some projects that uh, may never be, but we're going to wish them into there. We're going to pray to the comic gods and movie gods and make sure that it happens. Uh, at the top of the hour, we're actually going to talk about uh, WWE Elimination Chamber, the results. As that happened this past Sunday uh, as we record this episode. Chamber. The Chamber. Elimination. Chamber. Who was that? Mystical? Yeah, I was trying to do a little parody on Good it. Job. Danger. Good job. That was uh, pretty fucking lame, Ronnie. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, but at the top of the hour, we're going to talk about Elimination Chamber, as well as uh, we're also going to do the 2019 Oscar predictions. But before we get to that, we got some news. Uh, what do you got for us, Ronnie? What's what's at the top of the news for you, good Shop sir? of the hour for the news. Hmm, where do you want to start? How about we start with Lost Boys? The Lost Boys. Tell us why we are speaking about the Lost Boys. So, if you're familiar with the rap group, the Lost Boys, you know, they went... Nah, that... Ain't no tent. What? <laughs> well, there actually is an old group called the Lost Boys. Oh, that's right. They, they spell it with the they Z because... They the Renee. Yeah, the I don't Renee remember song. that. Something, no. something, 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 Renee. I need you to... No, no just don't. <laughs> Let's not go back in time to that bullshit. <laughs> What did, let me guess. They spell boys with a Z at the end? Is that how it goes? I think so, yeah, actually. Yeah, exactly. Ah, you're terrible. Because that's the old 90s thing that everybody did when you wanted to be boys to men and all these other... BBD, yeah. ABC. ABC, BBD. Yeah. <laughs> so, but, uh, some re- in, in real news, Tyler Posey of uh, Teen Wolf fame is going to be one of the cast members in a TV show based on the Lost Boys. Wait, you said one of the cast member? Do you know who he's playing? Oh, no, I don't, I don't Are you know who kidding he's, me? Who, he's, who is he playing? He's playing Michael. Oh, he's the wow. lead. He is the lead in Wait, this show. Wait, he's filling, he's filling those shoes? He's filling those, those some shoes. some big shoes to fill. If anybody remembers Lost Boys, uh, and if you don't, what what Rocky Living Under, go like check out your local like Netflix or video Wait, store. Wait, so or he's filling, trying to fill the shoes of Keith or Sutherland? No, Michael. Oh, God my- damn it, Ronnie. Oh, Michael. I thought you were a pop culture journalist, okay? <laughs> I am a pop culture journalist. Oh. <laughs> uh, Oh, okay. All right, I got. I was a little uh, mixed up. There. I'll give you. I'll oh, give you the okay. line. He's eating worms, Michael. It's oh, not Keith or Sutherland. Okay. Is the leader of the All vampires. Right. Okay, Tyler Posey is a perfect choice for that, though. For and, Michael, and you know, for me, I'm no to- normally against all these reboots and Ooh. prequels and stuff. 
But I'm like, so and, why are you still doing But this? I'm like, uh, as as Bradley Cooper would say, in this modern world. I need you to this, stop bringing up Stars Born. That this, shit, no, no. In this day and age, I feel like with Riverdale and like shows like Dawson's Creek, I definitely think that they, they could do a good job. If they have a good enough script, I think that they would do a good job with the uh, uh, Lost Boys my, television. My issue show. with it. And the, wait, and ironically, it's going to be on the CW. So... So there you go. Well, here's a little fun fun fact for our audience and something for you, Ron. You may not be aware of this. But this is, well, you, you probably know Tyler Posey was also in another 80s classic that was turned into a TV show. Do you remember what that's called? Oh, yeah. That was the Jenkins Boys. No, that's no, that no, movie. Teen that's Wolf. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, Teen Wolf. He was in Teen, Teen Wolf. Wolf. Well, no. if you remember when that first came out, I said it was going to be terrible because, you know, I was comparing it to the old mm-hmm. 80s version of Michael J. Fox. And I'm like, oh, they can't do this. And it actually turned out to be pretty decent. So, so I'm going to give you the I'm going to give you what I call the saw moment. It all connects to it. Right now. Watch this. The movie uh, uh, Teen Wolf, uh, the second movie with Jason Bateman. Came out in 1987. Tyler Perry, Tyler P- Posey, not Tyler Perry. <laughs> <laughs> that would be an inter- That would be a way more interesting casting choice. Yes, <laughs> like, it, especially the fact that he's like six five. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like, that would be uh, interesting to watch. Like, wait, what's happening here? What's is, happening here? You, Medea. You're in the Medea's up here with all these teenage kids. <laughs> like, She's like, what's going on here? I ain't feeling this. This ain't going down. Um, so Tyler Posey. Uh, played in Teen Wolf, which Teen Wolf, the second movie, uh, the first movie came out in 1985. The second movie came in in 1987. Do you know what also came out in 1987, Ronnie? I'm guessing The Lost the Boys. The Lost Boys, <laughs> yes. Lost Boys. And take it a little step further. What's the name of the actor who played in the first, um, uh, what you call it, in the first Teen Wolf? What was his first name? Michael. It's Michael. Michael. It's a yeah. full circle. <laughs> it's a circle full of Michael. Okay. Thank you. Thank you. Right. No. No applause. No applause. <laughs> it's all connected, baby. It's but anyway, connected. for those of you who may not know what the Lost Boys is, I'll just give you a small little snippet. It's about two brothers who basically move to California with their mom, and they encounter vampires. That's the short version of it. Mm-hmm. This one, this new pilot, will follow. Uh, the journey of two brothers on their move to California. So it's basically the same storyline that they're giving you. So, uh, but it seems like they moved to California with the intention to stay and not go on vacation. Yeah. So they changed it a little bit. Yeah, because in, yeah, in the original, they were just going to visit their grandfather, yeah. if I remember. Yeah. yeah, they had that stupid horn. So are like, they bringing back the whole cast? Is this also going to be like Star? Except for anybody that's, of course, not living, yes, but... Uh, I don't know if Keith Sutherland will make an appearance on here. I doubt it because that would be amazing. Roddy's like Keith Sutherland. Yeah. Yes! <laughs> I'm gonna just if you want to go ahead and give me that n- nostalgia fix of having any of the original cast members who are still so living. You're saying the CW show up. could just put down a little mirror, put down a little nostalgia coke, and Ronnie's just gonna sniff it like, yes, yeah, man. Oh, if they want to just bring him. And and just and just have them say anything you know related to the show that would be dope. I do know the original Michael. It it this would be a He's perfect opportunity because like the original Michael is still alive. If he played like their father or something like that, that would be oh, fucking come dope. Come on, you giving me the gooseies with that one. That, that is, would be amazing. That would be pretty cool. I think I I, I would approve that. 
uh, for sure. That would definitely be a great way for them to sort of tie it in. Um, but make it natural. Don't try to force it. Like, make it seem like, like you know how the old Flash played, you know, Barry's dad. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, like, like, do it like that. They, they did a great job with that. Uh, what does she got for us in movie news, good sir? Uh, movie news. I don't know we didn't write this down, but uh, there sure. was also a little bit of news about um, Zombieland. Oh, you're talking about Double Tap? Yeah, Zombieland Double Tap. We're finally getting a sequel to Zombieland after God knows how many years. You know, Mm. Hollywood loves to wait on good franchises sometimes. Why is it when a franchise is really good, they don't really act on it right away? Uh, Yeah, you may be. I think that there's definitely a... Uh, reason for that um, reason maybe money reason maybe casting or they just don't see it the same way that we do anyway um, well they just released info saying Luke Wilson uh, I believe who's related to Owen Wilson he's related to Owen Wilson yes. right? aren't they like brothers yes, they're brothers well, Luke Wilson he's got the same will, nose Luke Wilson will be is just was cast in the Zombieland sequel wow uh, do you do they say what uh do you have news on who he's playing? Nah, I don't have any news on who he's playing. It just says he joins castmates Woody Harrelson, Jesse Eisenberg, Emma Stone, and Abigail Breston. So he's going to be joining all the original cast members. So I'm psyched for this one. I can't wait to see Woody Harrelson go looking for Twinkies again. Oh, that's pretty Should awesome. be fucking amazing. I, and, oh, definitely. and I know they also added Rosario Dawson and Dan Aykroyd to this cast as well. So, uh, Oh, so we yeah. just, we're going to get a whole full cast of awesome people. Okay. And that's, I'm like, I don't know what part, take that, my money. What part Rosario Dawson's going to play. It would be cool to me if she played some type of zombie, but I don't think so. But that would She's too pretty to be a zombie. I honestly, <laughs> oh, wow, like, really? Okay. I, would, I would not like to see her in makeup. I want to see her full face. She's beautiful. Do you think all the original cast members are going to make it out alive in the sequel? Hmm. Uh, I would probably say uh, because he likes to be a hero, I'd say Woody Harrelson will probably be a character you could kill off of here and they could still continue the franchise or end it whatever way they want. Um, I don't know if I want to see anybody die. I, really? I like this cast. I like them very much. I enjoyed this movie. I, I want to make sure. Now, the question is, is the same director making it? Uh, don't know if it's the same director. While you look that up, uh, I am going <laughs> to um, move on to our next big thing that just came out. This is a little bit sliding over into TV, coming to the CBS All Access app, uh, a show that uh, did not come out in 1987. Uh, it actually came out uh, about 60 years ago, which is The Twilight Zone. The brand new trailer for The Twilight Zone. <laughs> Yes, oh, yes, it is, it is the same guy, Ruben Flesher. He's he's directing the sequel as well. Okay, so same that's guy. awesome for that because that means that a lot of those same visuals that we had in the first one that were amazing. You got were, a pretty mouth. Ooh, what? <laughs> that that was, was, you don't remember that? That was from Zombieland. I that do was not remember the that line. One. The scene in the in the supermarket with the banjo where he did it, and the and the zombie came, the fat zombie came running towards him. He's like, you got a pretty mouth, and he hits him in the face with the guitar. You don't remember that? I haven't seen that movie in a long time. Oh, okay. <laughs> but oh, you have, you've pulled up some nostalgia there again, sir. I have to watch that movie again before the new one comes yeah, out. Yeah, that's, that's a good one. Yes, we did get a uh, new trailer that features quite a few uh, interesting cast uh, members. Uh, some very like high-level actors are going to actually play in this. 
I'm concerned about Twilight Zone a little bit. What did you think of the trailer before I before I get my little? Uh, did I see that trailer? Are we talking about the football field trailer? Because I know there are like two different trailers. No, there's that came a full out trailer from. that came out. Oh, I didn't see the full trailer. If I did. I did see the like the little snippet one they did at the Super Bowl with Jordan no, I didn't see that with one. Jordan Peele walking on the. He's basically. Oh Rod, no, I did see. He's that. basically like Rod Sterling. Yes. In this. Uh, which, no, this one is a full trailer where they're actually showing bits and pieces of episodes that are going to be in there, obviously. Um, which is interesting because there's a few cast members that I recognize in there, uh, as well as some, like, A-lister actors that are there. So, uh, definitely go to our Instagram at Ronnie Markel Podcast to see the full trailer. Um, you can check that out and, uh, leave us a comment and let us know what you thought of the trailer. My thought of it was very simply put. Um, I'm a little bit concerned that Twilight Zone could be slightly... I know it's 60-year anniversary, but no, not altered. Um, it's 60-year anniversary of the show. The original show came out in October 2nd of 1959. Um, the new show seems to be coming on the heels of good shows like Black Mirror. So oh, yeah. you have to look at it in that, that light. A Twilight Zone is going to be its own thing. Well, that's kind of funny because I, I was worried that it, they might make it a little bit too much like Tales from the Crypt. I'm taking mean? it old school. Like, I, like, well, I mean, Twilight Zone is a 59. Twi- so. Twilight Zone was not exactly like I'm hoping that they don't make it gory. or and I'm hoping it's, it, it's the same balance like the original Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone didn't really have a lot of gore and stuff in it. It was just like these kind of plain ordinary stories that told a good tale. So hopefully they, you know, keep oh. the same balance and they don't go tales from the crypt where it's, you know, a little I think, off the I rails. Think what you're describing, Ronnie, sounds like Black Mirror. Uh, yeah, okay. uh, I don't know. Tales from the crypt can't be duplicated to me. That's just me, and well, maybe tells- maybe that's because it's. I might be biased there because it's one of my favorite. Well, since series you brought of all up time. Uh, Tales from the Crypt, uh, this may be news that some have already heard, but for some of you who have not heard this, do you realize? Do you know that Creepshow is being remade as well? Into a movie or no, a TV uh, a show? show. See now, Creep Show is a little different. Creep Show was a lot more on the lines of Tales from the Crypt. Yep. So they could get away with doing that. There's literally a skeleton dude telling wow, the story. I'd love to see who's going to be the writers behind Creep, Creep Show? Show. Yeah. Yeah, there's I certainly mean, the, some information the, the online. Movies, the movies did so well because they were using stories by Stephen King and other really I'm famous I'm pretty sure people, he's going to so. have something to do with this well because this is one of his babies. So he should be totally involved in this um, <laughs> maybe maybe uh let's see in some other a little bit bizarre but surprising news uh speaking of the twilight zone this story here comes straight out of the twilight zone uh thor himself thor odinson aka chris helmsworth will be playing none other than who is he playing ronnie what you gonna do, brother? I knew you was gonna do that. <laughs> when he comes running for you, Mr. Let me tell you something, Thanos. If you think you're gonna show up and just snap your finger, you know and then what? Things that are might, gonna be. That might actually be an interesting match. Uh, Hulk Hogan. Uh, you think Hulk Hogan would do any better than the Hulk did? I was about to say, that scene from the Hulk. Narrow it down to like two seconds because he's gonna punch a hole through the Hulk Hogan <laughs> and he's gonna fall. Yeah. Brother, oh, brother, 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 oh, that looks kind of fatal, brother. Ah, I might have to get to a hospital. Oh, <laughs> or take a line straight out of a out of a leader. Like that's that's fatal. But that's- uh, I I do think that Chris Hemsworth was a great casting choice to play Why? Hulk Hogan. I, don't- I mean. 
I'm just thinking like he doesn't really have to buff up that much because Chris Hemsworth is already in great shape from playing Thor. I don't think he's in Hulk Hogan shape, though. He's not in Hulk Hogan shape. No, I'm saying like he's probably still going to buff up a little bit to play the character. He doesn't have to go that far because he's already in great shape from, oh, play, yeah. from I mean, playing Thor. Health and fitness-wise, he's fine. I can't wait to see him don that like receding hairline and then eventually like go bald and have to start wearing the yellow bandana. So but I'm, I, I'm but, very. But I, I definitely do think that, uh, like we were discussing before we we started recording, I definitely think that they're just gonna focus on the legacy of Hulk Hogan. Well, b- before we before we jump right into that, let's give our, let's give our audience what exactly we were talking about. So the the question that we had about this movie, we're excited to see. You know, a big movie, you know, based on a WWE superstar that we loved growing up and is responsible for wrestling, uh, wrestling as we know it today. Um, Especially like storyline wise. Correct. If it wasn't for Hulk Hogan, I'd say if it wasn't for like Hulk Hogan, Ric Flair, Warrior, all those guys, wrestling would not be what it is. I agree with you. So the question that we uh, we were uh, I posed to Ronnie um, and that we had a conversation on before the show and we wanted to get you know your advice. You can go onto our Instagram, Facebook, Ronnie Markel Podcast, uh, Twitter, Ron Mar Podcast, or you can um, send us an email, or send us an email at gmail.com. Absolutely. And the question that was asked is whether or not Chris Helmworth has been cast to do one, two, or both things, which is one to pay tribute to the legacy of Hulk Hogan, because the character is iconic. Yes. Two, is he uh, being used as a scapegoat, because he's a very popular actor in Hollywood. Everyone loves Thor, um, and everyone loves, you know, Chris Helmsworth at this point. So he's one of those, like, safe uh, bets that if you see him in a movie, you're probably going to go see it. Uh, but also, he if he's being used as a scapegoat, for Hulk Hogan or Terry Hogan's real life controversy, um, um, I would say no. I think that what they're gonna do, it's the same thing like when Hogan showed up on wrestling to talk about Mean Gene. I think that they're just gonna. I think that they're gonna bring. They may possibly bring that up, but I think they're gonna stick to just telling the the legacy of Hulk Hogan, like the positive part. Like, think about it. the intention of to make a movie is to make money. So there's no way that they're gonna be like, yeah, let's just paint a bad picture of him so people can leave the theater with a bad taste in their mouth. They're not trying to do that. So, I think and the fact that they cast, uh, uh, they hired Todd Phillips to direct the movie says that they're gonna add humor to this movie. Because tell Todd, me a little bit about Todd. Because Todd Phillips is known for making like, well, uh, he's also the one making the Joker movie that mm-hmm. comes out this year. But he's also famous for making old school and the Hangover movies. So the fact that they got him tells you that this is going to be in a humorous light. They're going to, you know, they're not, they probably plan to tell a humorous story about the legacy of Hulk Hogan. I'm thinking if, if Todd Phillips is going to take this over, you're, you're also, you're onto something there where it could be a moment where we don't even get as far into the Hulk Hogan. Like they could end the story at the peak of his like career. Oh yeah. Like they could easily end it at like a Hall of Fame speech and be like, done with it. They could do that, or they could end it where Rock, where he fought the Rock, Rock versus Hogan. Like they could end it there. Yeah. Anything, anything along those lines, and I'm pretty sure the Rock will be lining up to collect a check and and reprise his role uh, as as the Rock and. Him standing in the ring with Chris Helmsworth would just be quite interesting. And, and definitely seeing as how they literally just did uh, mo- uh, Fighting With My Family, you know, the movie about Paige, mm-hmm. which is really good. I think that, yeah, I'm thinking they're basically going to start. I think that the Paige's movie shows 
This is the start of a running trend that's going to continue with WWE. Well, we're going to get with, to that. With Bioc movies with different uh, different legends in wrestling. So Ronnie has a, a as, as Ronnie's talking about it now. He has a spoiler-free review of Fighting with Our Family. As you're listening to this now, the movie's already uh, went out nationwide. Um, you should definitely go check it out. Uh, from what I have not seen it yet, but from what Ronnie has told me, and as a WWE fan, I'm going to go support the hell out of this movie and make sure that I check it out. So Ronnie, no. tell us. Uh, what your what what your thoughts are on this movie? Continue like what, what like what I was saying before was basically like if you're a person who doesn't like wrestling, if you're a person who says oh wrestling is fake and don't go see this movie because you're not gonna like. It. But if you're a wrestling fan and you like wrestling, you're gonna love this movie. But then again, let me say even if you don't like wrestling, you'd pr- you'd probably still like this movie because it's a good biop movie. But this movie is basically a great example of. This, the, the message that is well received in this movie over and over again is be yourself, be yourself, be yourself. No one else can be you. That's what makes you unique. Take what you have, work hard, work, work hard with whatever gift God has given you, and you'll be okay. Like fame does, and, and fame does not define you either. I think that's another great uh, message that is received in this movie. And that's probably all I can say without giving away too much, because there's so much nostalgia and great things going on in this film. I don't want to ruin it for anybody. I'll wait till uh, after you see it and everybody else gets a chance to see it. Excellent. And what's your score, uh, 1 out of 10, for this guy? Oh, for this 10? You gave it a 10. I gave it a 10. I, I love. Well, for one, I've, I've always been a fan of Paige. Paige definitely is... So your opinion's biased. Paige... It, nah, I, I wouldn't <laughs> say it. No, I've always been a fan of Paige, but... Also, she definitely did start, like, she was the beginning start of the women's revolution that helped it get to where it is today. She was definitely right there, and, like, I, I think they did a great job on her movie. The movie's in, impactful, did great character development, so they definitely, like, I'd say they hook, line, and sinker you in this movie within the first five minutes. <laughs> hook, so- line, sinker, it's... They got you. It's great. Tell me this. What was the, um, the the title of the movie is Fighting With My Family, without spoiling anything. Tell me how that plays out in the movie, like, well, without spoiling anything. Well, basically, the, the parts that you do know is that Paige comes from a wrestling family. Literally, her entire family, uh, they live off of wrestling. Her father was a wrestler. Her mom was a wrestler. They have a wrestling school. And her brother is the person who trained her to be a wrestler. But within that, you know, Paige gets picked to go to WWE. Her brother doesn't get picked. Cause a controversy between them. Her mom's basically living vicariously through her daughter. Father's living through, you know, it's it's just a round circle trip of, like, fighting with my family is, like, not just the title of this film, but it's a great play on words that has a lot to do with not just Paige, but her entire family. Beautiful. Beautiful. Well, definitely go out and check out uh, Finding Weather Family. That's Ronnie's spoiler-free review. For yeah, that. I'm like, <laughs> there's a lot more I'd like to say, but I'll, I'll wait till after you see the film. Well, that's all good. Um, so jumping around just a little bit, um, I'm going to uh, give a quick little spoiler-free review on Umbrella Academy. Um, it is a series. Make sure it's spoiler-free. Oh, it's definitely You gonna know be how you do. It's His spoiler-frees are, I didn't know that the butler was going to be person that killed everyone. The monkey did it. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> no. Uh, there is a monkey in the show, but no, he, he didn't do anything. Um, so, Umbrella Academy is a series by 
uh, none other than Gerard Way of uh, My Chemical Romance. Um, and the series uh, follows around, just to give you sort of a, my own synopsis of it, the series follows um, a family. Basically, uh, 12 kids were uh, all born on the same day, and seven of them were selected by this very you know rich doctor uh, to be trained in the Umbrella Academy to basically fight against evil and be essentially oh, the X Men. I gotta correct um, you. I gotta correct you one thing there because I made this same mistake too because my girlfriend pointed this out to me. There were actually forty three kids. Forty three kids. <laughs> I really? did not. Yeah. See, you thought it was twelve too, right? Yeah, I thought it's, they said it twelve. Was, it was forty three. He managed to get seven. There was actually 43 extraordinary kids born. Really? So the 12 part that you're probably mistaken is they say on the 12th hour of whatever, whatever. That's ah, probably. That's what. I'm that's what. That's so, what I, I did that too. I said no. There were 12 kids and he got a seven. Civil retraction. Uh, <laughs> uh, 43. He got seven. Um, so he is training them, and because he's a lazy parent, he decides to just. <laughs> Name them all numbers. So it's number one, number two, you get it. Um, basically, this, you know, the basic synopsis here is that something goes on with the dad, which brings the family back together because they all kind of go off in their own separate ways, including one of them going to the moon, one of them becoming a big Hollywood actress, one of them time traveling, and one of them becoming a junkie. Um, and, you know, the other is uh, one that doesn't believe she has, you know, any powers. That's played by uh, Ellen Page's character. Um, so from watching this series and also being someone who's read the comics, um, much like The Runaways, I will say that this particular show, if you're looking to sit there with your Umbrella Academy Volume 1 and go page by page, it's not going to happen. That doesn't happen. Um, what they what they're are doing is that they are changing things, but I do enjoy what they changed about it. Did, didn't um, it kind of give you a Watchmen kind of feel a little bit? I would say that there is some Watchmen-esque kind right, of like, feel to it um, if you, if you want to go that route. I think the some standout actors for me. Uh, there's an uh, actor by the name of uh, Robert uh, Sheehan. Uh, he's the one that plays the junkie in there. He has the ability uh. to uh, speak to the dead. Um, so his character pretty much stands out to me, as well as um, another uh, actor in there, uh, which is uh, John uh, Magaro. Um, I can't tell you exactly who he is without spoiling anything, but a character he's also played in the TV show Orange is the New Black as the crazy uh, Spanish lady's uh, boyfriend who she, you know, has sex with. And, you know, she says, we're going to get married. I'm, you know, the one that's like, I don't know if she's real pregnant or fake pregnant. But, yeah, her. I forget the character's name at this moment. But, um, yes, that character reappears here. Which kind of brings me to a, a little point where I'm noticing something that Netflix is doing. And, making a, you know, besides making a shit ton of money? Well, they've already done that. <laughs> but something that Netflix is doing, and I like it, is the simple fact that they are... If you want to think about DC, Marvel, and Image in the comic book world, in the streaming world, you can look at those same three companies. Time Warner or Warner Brothers, Disney, a.k.a. Marvel, and all of the other pro- properties they own, mm-hmm. and Netflix. 
Netflix in this particular scenario is Image Comics. What they're basically doing is allowing all of these different companies to come in, like Millar, oh, like yeah. Gerard Way and, and his team, and you know Bird Box with uh, they Sandra Bullock. Up, uh, what's they're, her name? Eva DuVernay. Or yeah, whatever. Eva DuVernay, and they're giving them Sandra, Shonda Rhimes. Shonda Rhimes. They got Shonda Rhimes Think secretly working on different projects. Exactly, they're literally becoming the new Image Comics, in which they're taking all these creator-owned things, but they're doing something unique because they're also placing these new little actors that they're using in their Netflix original shows and they're saying, oh, we like your show. Here's a list of actors that we think you should put in there. Think about the shows that you've seen uh, that were Netflix originals. Oh, yeah, they don't have a lot, a lot of, of these characters. They don't have a lot of big name actors. They, but, but, they but, they do, but, they, but they do throw in one or two. Correct. Just because they know that'll hook you in to watch and it. And you go, oh, that's the guy from, just like I just said, that's the, that uh, John McGarrow is the guy from Orange or is like, the New Black. Like, I, like, I'm only on the second episode, but like Mary J. Blige showed up and I'm like, AJ Blas is in this show? Yeah, I'm she like, plays a killer. Um, she does a decent job here. And then Ellen um, Page, too. She's no. not totally phoning it in, which is what I kind of expected from her character. So shout out to Mary J. Blas for stepping her acting game up because in other movies, she sounds like she's reading a cute card. In wow, this one, really? yes. Mary J. Blas is not. I mean, she hasn't been in that much stuff, but I thought she. She sounds like she's reading lines a lot. In this. Not so much. She actually sounds a little well, bit better. Well, yeah. So she's kind of new to acting. <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, don't you say, know, other than like you know, she's been she's only been singing for like twenty plus years. Oh, she's awesome at singing. She also makes some really great music. Her her uh, her budding career in terms of acting, and that's just my little small review of her. Um, needs a little bit of work, and I, I'm looking forward to it. But uh, looking at the cast, I, I again, I, I think that there's just some standout characters again. Um, the the guy who plays uh, the character num- uh, number five um, uh, yeah. is a great choice uh, in this uh, particular series, and he really stands out as a great character. So I'm looking forward to more from this series. Uh, what would I give this series? A I would give this series about a eight and a half out of ten. Um, nice. I had I will say that I was a bit. I wasn't fully satisfied with the way that the series ended. I know there's probably going to be a season two, no doubt. But I wasn't fully satisfied with the, the story arcs that were that started at the end of this and weren't completely finished. But there's more to come. Um, but you can't I'm always will, assume I'm, I'm willing to bet I haven't watched as much as you. But I'm willing to bet there's no references or anything to Batman in this entire thing, is there? In Umbrella Academy? Yeah, well, that's that's a joke that I'm getting at because uh, I I realized that... Uh, I didn't realize before that Umbrella Academy was created by uh, Gerard uh, Way and Gabriel Bai. We met Gabriel Bai, remember, yes. at New York Comic Con. Mm-hmm. And a character that he is not... That fascinated with drawing is Batman, but remember he was like, yes. you know, people always want me to sketch Batman. So when I when I saw that and I was watching the show, I'm like, I guess they won't. And I saw that he actually wrote some of the episodes and mm-hmm. stuff. So like, I bet you, I'm guessing there won't be any any references to Batman or anything in this. There definitely looking at this team besides Ellen Page, I will say. From a casting standpoint, there are, besides the people who are already big stars, like Kate Walsh or Mary J. Blige um, or Ellen Page, these other guys definitely, if they want to stick around the genre, uh, there's definitely some casting potential for other characters throughout Marvel, DC, and other properties oh, uh, that these guys can play. Like this Tom Hopper guy, the guy who's, if you've seen just the trailer, the, the big muscle-bound guy, uh, he definitely has the look and build of a couple different superheroes that... 
uh, could work out. I'd so. say, uh, what's her name? Emmy Raver Lampin? Lampin? She's yeah. the the one that becomes like an actress or something like that. Yes, she's another gorgeous one who could gorgeous go lady. on and do uh, a if, lot of awesome. If other I stuff. could take one person from the show and cast them, or I'd say two people, if I could take two people from the show and cast them in something else, I would take the kid who plays number five and I would cast him in something Batman related. And for Tom Hopper, I would take that character uh, who plays. Um, the uh, what's it? I don't remember what number he is. I think he's like number two. Tom Hopper. No, sorry, number one. Uh, he's number one. I, yeah, I believe he's number. He's one. number one. Um, and he, which would make sense because he's the biggest. Yeah, I <laughs> would. I would use him for the casting of Namor. For me ah. personally, I would go Namor for him, and that's just based on like body type and like acting ability. I think that he would be, if I'm thinking it from a business standpoint, he would be cheap. Um, you know, no offense to Tom Hopper, but again, he hasn't done a whole bunch of stuff, so I think they could get him for maybe a mil, maybe two. Um, you know, and I say that so right, casually. He's gonna like, listen oh, to this episode and be like, "I'm worth at least five. Fuck that guy! Like, uh, <laughs> I'm so sorry, but no, I, I that's that's how I, I really think of him. I think that uh, again, this series for me at eight and a half, just because the ending didn't really satisfy me as much, but the rest of the series is very interesting and it'll keep you going. So that's my. Spoiler-free review for Umbrella Academy on Netflix. Go check it out. Uh, nice, so, nice, nice. with that said, uh, I do have another uh, review here uh, for a little short, a very short and simple uh, thing. I don't want to ruin it for you, so I'm going to keep it very uh, simple for you. Which one is There is that? a series, uh, a quick little short series that's about six minutes, oh. created by Pixar. <laughs> It's called. It's a part of their Sparknotes series. You can basically look for that one on Google. Google it. It's called Kit Bull. I mean, I, I was. I meant to say YouTube. I, I, said I would bring the tissue because it's six minutes, and once you see what's happening within this little Disney, uh, Disney slash Pixar animated short, we definitely should have a, a poll to think. I didn't think so. I thought it was okay. Once you do that, I'm gonna. It, uh, like once you once you guys watch it, I want you to you know. Send us a message at ronnieandmarkellgmail.com or, you know, roundmarpodcast on Instagram and let us know if you thought it was, you know, a tearjerker like Markell thinks or if you thought, eh, it's okay like I thought. I thought it was, eh, it was okay. Here's, my, here's where I, I look at it and I say, I'm going to do you a favor. I'm going to go onto Instagram as we speak, as we're doing the show right now, and I'm going to put onto a story a question and i wanted to put a poll out there i want you to guys to let us know what you thought of kit bull watch it the six minutes of your time it's totally worth it it'll make you a better human being i guarantee you <laughs> it's beautiful now the funny thing behind kit bull that you'll find out at the end of it i'm going to spoil that um which is the fact that this is a very this is a commercial essentially letting you know of some of the content that's going to be on the disney plus app you they're may be aware your money. of this <coughs> they're trying to get your money uh, but if this is the content that's going to be on there, take my money right now, Disney. I, I, I believe. I'm sorry. I need a little with, with so many streaming services. I need more than some little skit about a dog. Oh, I guess, you know, oh, that's fine. You know, that's, that's <laughs> yeah, like, I need a little more. He's like, I need just a little bit more. Yeah, I, I, need can't, a little, I'm not I need be a little persuaded. bit more. That's just, you know, not enough I respect for me. that. I respect that. So, uh, so both Ronnie and I got a chance to watch a movie together. Uh, and this will be the last part of our movie news before we move on to the big stories, um, which will be WWE Elimination Chamber. 
Um, and going into oh, right before we get to Alita, I want to um, I want to give a, a quick shout out to our friends at Fanfare. Oh uh, yes, we definitely. got a chance this pa- uh, past Fanfare weekend. Fanfare NYC. Fanfare NYC, the, the arts, second annual arts, series. Uh, arts and Des- Art and Design High School. Art and Design York. High School in NYC on February sixteenth and seventeenth. We had the privilege, privilege, as well as the honor to sit down with so many different amazing writers, creators, students, fans, uh, just a little bit of everybody. Wait, just to take it back for one, for one second, it would take it back to a three-way phone call we had with uh, Miguel. Hi, Miguel. Uh, Miguel calls us, and, you know, he wants us to do the event. And Who's he's Miguel? like, uh, he's the coordinator at the uh, arts. He was the coordinator for the Fanfare event. Yes. And... He calls us and he says, you know, a week before he wanted us to do a little bit of publicity for the show and a podcast. And he wanted us to come to a studio and, you know, talk with uh, two gentlemen. So I'm like, okay. So he's like, uh, nah, you know, talk to Neil Adams and Larry Hama. <laughs> and I'm, I'm on the other end of the phone trying not to <laughs> just lose my shit, basically, because I'm like, I'm, excuse me, can we get that? So I'm trying to be 100% professional. So I'm like, oh, okay. Neil Adams, Larry Hama, okay. All right, just two comic book legends. That's it. Okay. So I uh, just want to say, take this moment to say thank you for the opportunity. Uh, it was a pleasure. Doing the event was a pleasure. Uh, from the cosplay people that we met, all the awesome panels they had, like the diversity panel and the cosplay contest and I think it was a couple other ones. Uh, Kodanshi Comics has something for Alito Battle Angel. Yeah, like it was, it was a pretty dope event. It was an awesome event, a two-day extravaganza and festival uh, that we enjoyed so much. We talked to so many different people, so many different parts of the industry. We talked to a comic book lawyer. Uh, and finally, guys, finally, you are finally going to get a chance to see us uh, finally launched the YouTube page. I know Yay. we've been talking about it for a long time. It's only been like a year. It's only been like <laughs> a year. But finally, it's coming to fruition because we are currently working on the video footage that we pulled from here. And there is a lot. There is at least like, I'm going to say probably 10 to 15 episodes. Uh, Things that can be pulled. Oh yeah, interviews. and you'll only see me in half of that stuff because unfortunately I could only be there Saturday. I wasn't able to come sun that Sunday, so uh, you know, it's okay. We didn't need it. <laughs> no, it's, it's okay. And no. I got to meet Michael Maddie. Michael Maddie. Michael Maddie. Big shout out to Mike Maddie. Visual man. visual effects. He does visual and special effects for uh, Gotham. For glass, so many glass, different things. The blob, Friday the Thirteenth, for crying out loud, the final chapter. Like, dude, you're I gonna had get a no chance idea. to hear that interview um, and see it. You're gonna see our faces. You're gonna see their faces. Um, you're gonna see some of the mask and some of the, uh, you know, special effects that he did for Jeremy's character in Gotham. He's a guy that uh, had, you know, helped the Joker take his face off on TV, man. Um, and it's a pretty practical effect at this point. Um, so we're really uh, excited to be able to talk to him, befriend him, and we look forward to working with a lot of these guys in the future. Big shout out to uh, Vita Ayala. Big shout out to Dare to Draw. Uh, these guys. Oh yeah, up. Dare to Draw is awesome too. So big ups to Charles from uh, Dare to Draw. Um, just because there were so many great interviews we were able to gather from them. We talked to the great uh, Carrie, uh, Carrie Randolph. Randolph. Uh, we talked to Anna Nassetti. 
so many interviews coming up. We also talked to a famous, in the month of February, a, a famous legend, uh, which, you know, I was not even unaware. We talked to the first ever uh, female writer and artist oh, at yeah. Marvel Comics, uh, which was Alicia. Uh, Alicia is amazing, and she's working on so many projects. Uh, she has her own, uh, you know, create her own comics as well. So definitely check her out as well. Um, a lot of the artists will be coming up. Uh, we'll be placing their information on our social media channel, so please definitely check that out. Um, but again, we want to thank uh, all you guys for supporting us, and uh, we want to thank Fanfare for having us. We look forward to the next event. If you are looking to see us and you want to come and check us out at one of these events that are coming up very soon, uh, we could be coming to a city near you. Once again, we are out on tour at this point. We're out there. We got a lot of conventions We're out that are about. coming up. Uh, we got Anime Next coming up. Uh, we got East Coast uh, uh, convention coming up in Meadowlands. Chicago, uh, we got Comic Chicago. Expo. We got Tribeca, Awesome Con. Awesome Con. We're all over the uh, place. We're all this over year. the place. So we could be coming to your neighborhood. So just look out for us. Look for the logo, um, and we will have something for you if you come up to us for sure. Uh, so we really do appreciate all the support that you know you guys give us out there, um, and you know more to come very very soon, guys. So. Uh, with that said, moving on to our um, final segment within movies, uh, Alita Battle Angel, spoiler-free fr- review. Both Ronnie spoiler, and I both got free. a chance to see this movie. Nah, I'm spoiling this one. Nah, I'm just You kidding. can if you nah, like. Nah, nah. But uh, first, I'll give you the synopsis, so if you're not familiar with... Uh, so, I'm going to give you all the special So, from visionary filmmakers James Cameron and Robert Rodriguez... Uh, comes Alita Battle Angel. This is basically a movie starring uh, Rosa Salazar, if you're not familiar with her. Um, So Alita awakens with no memory of who she is in a future where she does not recognize. She is taken in by uh, Ido, who is played by Christopher Waltz. That guy could make being a wall (laughs) be an interesting character. He's amazing. Sorry, I just think he's an amazing actor. Um, So he's a but in this movie he plays a compassionate doctor who realizes that somewhere in this abandoned cyborg shell is the heart and soul of a young woman with an extraordinary past. As Lita learns to navigate her new life and the treacherous streets of Iron City, Ido tries to shield her from mysterious history while her street smart new friend Hugo offers instead, uh, and he's played by Kian Johnson, offers instead to help trigger her memories. But it's only when the deadly and corrupt forces that run the city come after Alita that she discovers a clue to her past. She has unique fighting abilities that those in power will stop at nothing to control. I thought this movie was dope. This movie is directed by Robert Rodriguez with a screenplay by James Cameron and Latai. I'm gonna jack this all up. Latay Calagristis, based on the graphic novel manga series uh, Gundam by Yokito Kushero. <laughs> hmm. Well, here's here's uh, what's your thoughts on this movie, good sir? What do you? What do you I think? thought this movie was. I gave this movie. I'm gonna go right for my review. I gave this movie an eight out of ten. I thought. Uh, let me give the the movie gets a ten on visuals alone. Visuals are spectacularly out of this world. All the way down to the freaking detail on, like, the, there's a lot of robots and cyborgs walking around in this world of Iron City. And the detail that is put into the way they look is, like, freaking breathtaking. It is amazing. Now, story-wise, I thought that this movie is more of, like, an 8 out of 10. Okay. So you gave it on visuals, you gave but it But it, it has action, it has adventure, the pacing is done well. 
the characters are interesting. A little bit predictable. I can say there's a little bit of predictability here, but other than that, I thought it was all around a sol solid, decent film. Markel, of course, doesn't agree with that, but... You're going to give away... You're going <laughs> to spoil my, spoil my I'm gonna, review? I'm going to shoot on you a little bit, because it's an awesome movie, but you, you didn't... Well, you thought so. You just didn't... You thought some things were a little out of whack. Well, since Ronnie already spoiled part of <laughs> Sorry. my review, uh, thank you for stealing my thunder once again. You're welcome. Uh, what I will say is that I did not... I do not... Uh, agree with Ronnie in saying that um, the movie was, you know, so flawless and, and you know unbelievable and the greatest thing since sliced bread. Um, I think the movie was good. Um, I think the story was, you know, decent. Of course, it was predictable because it was based on an anime. There's and been manga. a lot of there's been a lot of uh, things better than sliced bread, by the way. Yeah, there has been a lot of things since like, better than sliced bread. I don't know why that saying is still relevant. Um, anyway, the my only problem I had with this movie. Um, was that I feel like when it comes to storytelling, especially when you're giving me an origin story of this character and, and, and setting me up to like this character. What I love about Alita is she is unapologetic. She is cocky uh, to an extent, and then when you test her, she will break your face. And I love that. I, I, I love that concept of her because that feels like a very strong, heroic character. And that is also, something that's important. That also talk. take into consideration that this is live action. Because, you know, like when you, when you make something that's an anime, you know, into live action, you, you know, it kind of, you got to make it make sense and make it as organic as possible. Because that could be another reason why you... You know, I almost feel you like didn't you're like certain trying to make me change my mind. But no, it's no, no, not I'm not working. trying to make you change your mind. I'm just saying, you know, you got to make you got to make the gears make sense. You know. Uh, well, with that said, I, I will continue with my spoiler <laughs> free review without Ronnie's uh, sidebar. <laughs> uh, what I will say about this is that um, there are some great things. There's some visuals to love. I saw this in. Uh, Dolby Cinema. We actually watched oh, this together. Yeah, right. Ronnie saw it with me for the for I a second got to, time. I got to see it for a second time. We watched it together. Thank you, T-Mobile, for that $4 ticket. Uh, that was beautiful. <laughs> uh, shout out to T-Mobile out there. I need you to bring up my bars. I paid full price the first time around. He's a jackass. That's why he paid full price. Because <laughs> um, only a jackass pays full price and then goes oh, wow. cheap later. Oh, okay. um, but yeah, man, I guess he really loved it and wanted to yeah, get it. Yeah, I really liked it. I, I would say... So far, Alita is probably one of my favorite movies of this year. That's probably going to be until the Marvel movies come out, but <laughs> right now, Alita's... I'm like, you know Alita's, it's February, Alita's, right? Yeah. Like, it should we, come out, really. Alita's one of my, my well, favorites no, of the I year won't so say that. far. How to Train Your Dragon 3, for me, so far, is my favorite movie. Meh. Second movie is like, Lego no, 2, and third would uh, Lego movie. movie 2 is definitely meh. Oh, that's that's what you think. That I get meh. it, I get it. No, I respect I respect your uh, your stupid decision, but you know, <laughs> that's a, it's your opinion. Oh, and, and something has to be said about uh, there's an actor in this movie that I didn't even realize, uh, but um, what the heck is his name? James Early, ja oh Jackie Earl Halley, which is um, the guy that played Rorschach in yeah. Watchmen. He was in this movie. I think I believe he was the one that was Hey Little Flea. I believe yes, that was him. That so I'm like I had to give him a shout out. That is such a great actor. Yes, uh, that the so going back to the thing that uh, things that I love. Visuals are great. Story was decent enough. It's it paid homage very well to the anime without being exactly the anime. Um, but my thing that I you know had a little bit of trouble with was. 
Um, I guess Chris, Chris, Chris Waltz is a great actor, and I love seeing him in just about and anything. And he, there was a couple of times in the movie where he kept saying, Alita! Yeah, <laughs> and his little, like, rocket shovel axe was interesting, and I know that's something that is, you know... Okay, that, alright, that, that's good you point that out. That might have been the one flaw I did have in the movie, because it, I'm like, they couldn't have made that normal size? I felt like it was a little bit too overly, you know, it was like... Well, it's supposed to be an anime, so that's where they're kind of, like, going with these over-the-top weapons. I, and I think guess. about how small he was compared to the things he's fighting. So, good job for him to be able to, like, use that rocket axe... Uh, in a really cool way. Uh, so cool concept, cool idea, great bring it's great that they brought something, you know, from a book, from a you know, a, a manga to life in, in real in real life and doing a CGI. So yeah. that was fine. I wasn't totally sold on him as a hunter warrior. That was yeah, the, the yeah. name of it. So it's all good. Uh, two uh, two other characters that were a little underutilized is definitely I'm gonna jack this guy's name up, Mahershala. Did I say that yeah, right? Mahershala, Mahershala Ali. Ali. I think he was a little bit underutilized, and so was Jennifer Conley. I think they were both were kind of underutilized. I feel like they could have done a lot more with those two characters, but they didn't. I don't didn't. think there was more, too much more. And maybe if someone disagrees with me, please definitely go on to one of our social media channels and uh, you know let us know or send us an email. I love to hear your rant. Um, I don't think that those characters really had for me reading the anime that they I'm sorry reading the manga uh, that they had such a pivotal role in this story um, I just think you could have done a little bit more with them it was it's like only a missed opportunity that you're saying that because of the actors and who they are he's an Oscar winning actor well, well not even that I just feel like they, it's it's just like Finn in, in Last Jedi they didn't and you really think about it they didn't have a lot to do because they were just puppets in a bigger scheme so I guess I, I would I would say I, I understand where you're coming from with that um, oh one thing to, that uh, the audience can take away that uh, you, you won't know what this means until you actually see the movie but oh that looks fatal <laughs> <laughs> it's one of my favorite scenes in the movie it is definitely a, a pitiful moment that's towards the end of the movie so you'll you'll see once you see the movie you'll understand that line and hopefully you send us some uh, smiley and laughing emojis uh, with that um, again, getting to my problem uh, with the with with the movie, where I didn't give it as high of a score as Ronnie did. Um, the stakes when it comes down to a hero story, especially an, age, an origin story like this, there's a moment in the movie, and this isn't spoiling anything because you know at some point it, it should happen in a movie like this. There's a moment in a movie in which the main character, Alita, uh, is put into a very what can would be considered a high stakes situation. I was thought you were gonna okay. say hostile situation. Uh, maybe hostile you can you call it, but I would say it's supposed to be a high stakes situation, which is Alita, the main character, is in grave danger. Okay, you know uh, Christopher Walsh is trying to tell her, hey, you know this is a setup, it's a trap. You know, like Star Wars, it's a trap. You know, and they're, and they're trying to let her know this. Now, the problem is, is that, and again, I'm not going to try and spoil this, but I'll use another show as an example. Um, if you've, you know, ever seen Dragon Ball Z or if you think about any anime and take your favorite anime character and push them to a far more advanced power level and then take them back in time and have them fight much earlier villains. Like, take, for instance, Dragon Ball Z and have Goku be Super Saiyan and fight Raddus. 
That fight's not going to last very long, uh, and Radis is not going to be I that where, I get where you're coming from. I just think they were... Tr- oh, you got to think, this movie is two hours, so you're trying to tell this this anime, you're trying to bring it to life and make it as organic as possible and tell this story with uh, under, you know, with just about two hours. So I feel like it just wasn't... Maybe they may go into that a little more if they make sequels it sounds to me like you are making excuses no because here's here's my excuses here's my solution to what you're saying so again going back to the movie itself there's a moment where it's a trap and she's she's set up and you know there's something that happens where there's a bunch of threats that are supposed to be threats to her the problem is is at this point she's a super saiyan and everyone around her is like lower level frieza level bag but that's what i'm saying okay. you you gotta wait to see it what what comes next you I may you that. may think she's a super saiyan but they may have other things in store for but her. To, for me just like in dragon ball z i understand what you're saying which is after they kill frieza cell and the androids are going to show up i get that because that happens in every anime and that's why the main character continues to go on but think about at the period of time in which he was pushed to the limits and freaking died fighting radis like and had to go and do on this whole journey and i understand it wasn't it's it's a two-hour movie well no well not even that i would say elite is probably like an exception to that rule because also remember early on in the movie christopher uh christopher watts does say waltz does say that she's she is from a rare line of warriors that were some of the most powerful in I the galaxy understand that and so, so was goku he was from no, a, but, a line but of no warriors. i mean like she literally comes from a line of people who are equipped to fight and so it's like she's not your average good guy who needs to get to this pinnacle level she's kind of already there you know it's, what i mean it's to a point where if i would have changed something about this what i probably would have done is made it so that the trap put her in very high stakes and then maybe something else happened some other threat requires so, so her maybe to you would have so level. maybe you would have put uh i won't spoil it but the danger dangerous things that happens to her earlier in the movies maybe you would have made this scene happen a little earlier and that danger would have been involved in that scene correct now imagine her with her like not to spoil anything but if you know anything about this um She's, you know, again, like a, a robot. Uh, so Cyborg. Cyborg. So she has ability to essentially change bodies. So if you're in your weaker state, or if you're using Dragon Ball Z as your, as your, uh, your analogy, as I'm using, if you're in the black hair Goku state and you God get into a fight man. with the entire Ginyu Force, that's a problem because the Ginyu Force is going to fuck you up really bad. Yeah, that's right true. now, if you take that same situation and you take Goku and he's already super saying, the Goku Force doesn't seem that dangerous when he powers up and instantly destroys them just by powering up. So it just to me that was my only gripe with it, which is the so fact you that so you needed her to get beat up a little more in this movie. I needed the she, stakes to be real. Then she did. That's what it, it's like. <laughs> it's almost like it, we're we're about to as, as we segue over into WWE for the top story, which is uh, going to be um, going to be uh, our the results and talking a little bit about Elimination Chamber, as well as talking about our Oscar predictions at, at the top of the hour. Uh, going into WWE, if the stakes are high in the sense of let's take a character like Becky Lynch. And let's say, for instance, the only way that she can get into a match and fight for the title is if she's willing to stake her career 
on the line so that if she does not win this title, then she's her done. career is over. Think about that. The stakes are high. I get it. She, if she, it's it's all or nothing. But I mean, you also got to think, Alita is not a character that's not super well known to everybody. So I think they were, and remember, this movie got pushed back a lot. So I think that was that. Ronnie, that, I didn't read this book series until I heard that they were making. No, but a that's movie, what I'm saying. So Ma- no maybe there. from a studio point of view, they were a little afraid to do all the stuff you're talking about because, like, like this, what? this is a this is a franchise that not a lot of people probably knew about. And we know that this movie got pushed back what like three times last year. This movie was supposed to come out like last summer, and it finally came out now. So maybe they were afraid and they were trying to they were like double dutch jump roping and they finally found a spot to put it to put it out you know to test it to see I if people what were going to like it. What they did they were successful at achieving what they wanted to do. If again going back to my review of this, that's the only thing I would have wanted more of this is that I wish the stakes for her was higher. I wish that I didn't meet her. She's kicking ass without knowing it and then by the time there's 30 minutes left in the movie She's already at like she's she's already reached the freaking Bruce she's Leroy already, glow. She's already come ninety. Yeah, she's already <laughs> come ninety, and it's just like, well, I, everybody. I don't know. I kind of I kind of like that. I don't know. For me, I kind of like that. I feel like you don't really see many movies where like you know the good guy is like up against some bad guys, and you're like, what, what, bro? And it's like, whoa! Right from the beginning, she like, uh, you know. First guy she and gets encountered with, he gets dealt with pretty good. Like Alita's already kind of a balanced breakfast when you meet her. She already making so. shit happen. <laughs> so I thought that was a little, you know, that was actually a little cool for once. Okay, I could respect that. Um, with that said, that was my review for uh, Alita Battle Angel. Go check it out. It is definitely worth the price of admission. Um, I did pay discount for a really expensive ticket, so thank you once again for T-Mobile. You <laughs> keep um, pointing that yeah, out. Yeah, I'm like, I, I did pay, so even though I wasn't fully satisfied, it's like, it was it was worth it was more worth than it. the $4 I paid. For. I thought it was it was definitely worth If you guys haven't seen Alita, I would say go out and check it out. It's actually a pretty pretty dope film. I would say definitely go out and do that. So, uh, segueing on, do you want to dive into the Oscar predictions, or uh, we have two stop stories, Oscar predictions. Predictions uh, for uh, the hmm. 2019 Alaska Oscars, the 91st, 91st annual Oscars, or do you want to uh, go into the results of the WWE Elimination uh, Chamber first? How about we can end with wrestling? How about we jump right into the Oscars? Let's jump into the Oscars! All right, so uh, we're going to go with the major categories that you are going to see on TV. The Oscars has already announced, after screwing up and not having a host, um, they are going to just simply put out, for the sake of time, they are just simply going to put out the major categories. So that's the ones that we're going to, uh, you know, quickly discuss here and uh, give our predictions for so each category. So tell me, if they're just putting out the major cats predictions, are you really trying to feel that void? I need you to stop <laughs> with this goddamn fucking Star is Born thing. Are you, do you need So speaking more? of Star is Born, uh, we're going to uh, go to the best picture category. So the, the, the nominations are Roma, A Star is Born, Black Klansman, Oh, you going Black straight Panther. For, so you going straight for the Hell yeah, we starting picture. at the top. We starting at the top, now we're here. All right, best uh, picture. Bohemian Rhapsody, The Favorite, Green Book, and Vice. What's your choice for the best picture? The best picture goes to Ronnie. Hmm. Best picture, I'm, I've narrowed it down to two. 
For me? You got to choose one. You got to nah, go one? I, I definitely can't choose you gotta one. You got to go one. Definitely can't only choose one. Only one winner. It's, a, it's, it's Hunger only, Games, I know baby. it's only one winner, but what I think, uh, the two films that I think have the best chance is definitely either Roma or Black Panther. Those oh. are, I think that either those two, I think one of those films is walking away with Best Picture. And if it's Black Panther, I can tell you right now that that is just going to solidify comic books. And comic books are a serious deal. You know, for decades... Oh, com- you mean comic- the billions of dollars didn't make it seem serious yet? No, no I'm, I'm just okay. saying com- the comic book comic book literature in general is not a, not a medium that people, you know, always took... You know, seriously. And even today, like, there's people that I know that, oh, yeah, I know comic book. Comic books are for kids. I used to read those so, when I was a kid. You yeah. know, so it's like the fact that if Black Panther walks away with the Oscar, it'll be like, yes, this is a serious big deal. And lots of people love this shit. And Kevin Feige will just have to bow down behind, before him like, we're not worthy. And we're Ryan Coogler, of course, yes. Give him, give everybody from that movie big praises. I'm and, with you on and that. And I would say that this would be the biggest laughing stock in the history of cinema. And this is just basically goes out to all those wonderful people out there that says like that black films don't make money and don't sell. The fact that if they win, that the Best Picture Award for a comic book movie would be the first time that it had a predominantly black cast would just be hilarious. It would be the first time. One, on the other side of movie. on the other side of that for Roma, I haven't even watched this film yet, but just watching the trailer alone, this movie looks freaking gorgeous. So I'm gonna have to check that out before the Oscars go. It's deep moving. I definitely think uh, Roma won a lot of awards at the Golden Globes, so I definitely think that Roma or Black Panther, one of those is walking away with that Oscar. I told you first. Hmm. Well, my uh, my choice because I'm gonna narrow it down to one, so I'm not gonna I'm not gonna play safety like Ronnie's doing. <laughs> not safety. I'm gonna go with just... Black Panther. Reason being, I'm wearing a Black Panther hoodie right now. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Well, what no. kind of what, what kind of, of red? <laughs> uh, no, I will say because I felt like um, that movie was. There are some movies that win typically that become cultural movements, and I think Black Panther definitely did that. I think I saw that movie at least like four or five times in the theater. Not, not even that. I've seen, seen black people going to the theater dressed in African garments. The and most, I know damn well that some of those people ain't never worn that stuff in their life. Exactly. Don't, don't even know the history of where that crap came from. I mean, well, not crap, that, but that, right? where that stuff came from. Think about the fact that, that the first time... That, I would say that's the... People didn't even do that shit for coming to America, okay? Yeah. Like, people literally... We're so proud to go see this movie as as black people. Now, of course, there's some people who just bandwagon and, and, just was, and you didn't up. even want to break some black people's hearts to to tell them like, you know, Wakanda is not a real place, right? Shut up! This is not a real place in Wakanda. I'm going and on I, that vacation. It's not, it's not a real. People are trying to book flights to Wakanda, and it's like, yeah, that's just a fictional place in Africa. It's not actually exists. So, moving on to the next category for the Oscars, the 2019 Oscars, uh, is going to be uh, Best Actress uh, in a Leading Movie. Best Actress is going for Glenn Close for The Wife, uh, Yelitz Aparicio from Roma, Olivia Coleman for The Favorite, you love love the voice I'm using, Lady Gaga for The Star is Born, and Melissa McCarthy, a freaking Uh. comedian, which is amazing, for Can You Ever Forgive Me? Uh. 
This is another tough one. This is another tough. tough Is it really tough? It's a. It's another. This. All right. I'm. I'm only gonna do this one last time. This is another one where I have. I have two. two. (laughs) Safety. This is another one where I have two. So that way he's like, I was right. You want you to choose one person. So okay. So best actress in a leading role. I'm gonna say it is either gonna be Lady Gaga for A Star Is Born or Glenn Close for The Wife. Lady Gaga did a great, phenomenal job in A Star Is Born, and I think has been doing a great job as an actress in general. And then on the other side of that, we been, we been knew that Glenn Close was a phenomenal actress. She has just been nominated so many times. Give this lady an Oscar, please. <laughs> Come on, like she's. I heard that Glenn Close has, has like had the, like the most nominations for Oscars, I think, in Oscar history, and has never won one. So I mean, it would be so. I want to go to Globe. So I would definitely movie. say either Glenn Close or Lady Gaga. I feel you. I am uh, going to go straight for Yelitz Aparicio for Roma. Uh, that is my choice there, just oh, because wow. I'm going. When they call her name out, I think people would be looking around like, "Who?" <laughs> I just want that. I just oh want well, yeah. You, know, you, like, you get that. The girl a lot. from Roma. The girl from Roma. You, like, defi- oh, you okay. definitely get that a lot from. Who I would want to see if I'm going to play safety, who I'd want to see win an Oscar, um, is Melissa McCarthy. Because I think Melissa McCarthy, in her good movies, um, has plays a, a phenomenal comedian. And in this particular movie, Can You Ever Forgive Me, uh, definitely digs deep into uh, oh, like a serious her, her, her actual uh, like, drama style. Yeah, the drama that. side. I think a lot of people downplay comedians and go... Which one's harder, playing something serious or, or comedy? And it's just like well, the uh, problem is like we've seen you in so many comedic roles that it's hard to take you serious when you try to do something serious. Like Jim Carrey, it's like he's tried numerous times to do serious movies, but I'm like, dude, you've done way too much comedy for me to take you serious in a serious. I movie. think that's a sad thing, but it's true. You're absolutely right there. Uh, speaking of best actor in a uh, in a in a feature film we got remy millick for bohemian rhapsody christian bell for vice bradley cooper for star is born willem dafoe for at eternity's gate and vigo mortensen for green book one pick ronnie yeah this time around i'm sorry but uh i definitely think it's gonna be christian bell for vice oh just because he had like gained weight and all kinds of stuff i mean it's not even it's not even about that when Christian Bell does a role, but the only role that he's ever done where I said that was Christian Bell was Terminator Salvation. Yep. But other than that movie, when Christian Bell does a role, he and, is and truly Rick an actor because you totally believe this guy is this person. It is almost scary. He's a when method he, actor. Like I could, I could just know. I, I could almost like. Like since it's probably scary to even be on set with him when he's in character because like he just becomes this other person. Or being the lighting guy so you can cut <laughs> yeah. your ass out. <laughs> yeah. Like wow, I'm Christian Bell. But yeah, but yeah, I, de- I definitely think Christian Bell's gonna win for Vice. I think Willem Dafoe is gonna win for Ed Eternity's Gate. Really? Just William because Dafoe? Willem Dafoe damn well deserves it for all oh, of the great shit that he's deserves done. It, but... He deserves it, and I just want. A villain's Oscar speech, man. This guy is naturally a villain. He has the villain's voice. I will never believe him to be a good guy ever, because he's awesome, and I and I like him. I got a chance to meet him twice before, um, and I'm very happy the, for him accepting this award. I am all for him. I'm Team Defoe in this okay. one. And Bradley Cooper, man, 
He keeps getting nominated, but I feel like this... Nah, I don't think they're going to give it to him again. Jumping into the next category, so Best Supporting Actress, we're going to go with Regina King, Adam, Amy Adams for Vice, Emma Stone for The Favorite, Marina de Terviro for Roma, and Rachel Weisz for The Favorite. So you got two people... From one movie, Emma Stone. Oh, uh, that's a no-brainer for that one. Regina King. I believe that for Regina. Oscar? I think that Regina King is gonna Ooh. win an Oscar. She won the Golden Globe, and she looked like she she looked like she wanted to pee her pants when she won. She Talking did not about expect the, the chick with the braids from Poetic Justice. I definitely coming she, up in the world. Who never? Who's always been consistent with her movies and roles? I definitely think Regina King is taking this. She leaving B- Bill Street with this award. Okay, I I am going to agree with you and There's say no that other uh, uh, Emma Stone. I believe already has one for La La Land, if I'm not mistaken. I don't think you had to look that up. Like, I, I think Emma didn't Emma Stone win an Oscar. I don't Oscar think she already? did. You should look that up. Uh, no wait, she might have, but you should look that up. Uh, going into best, while Ronnie looks that up, best supporting actor. We spoke of him earlier. Maharshala Ali. I know he's going to be mad that I'm tearing his <laughs> name apart. Um. He's in for the Green Brook. Adam Driver. Yeah, I was I was right. She won. She, Emma Lala. Stone won her first Oscar from. Ah, Emma Stone has an Oscar. I thought about that. Like, <laughs> it's amazing, great. right? Yeah. Uh, Adam Driver. Um, Kylo Ren himself for Black Klansman is up for Best Supporting Actor. Sam Elliott is up for A Star Is Born. Wait a second. Rewind the tape. You telling me John David Washington didn't get a fucking uh, nomination? And Adam Driver got a nomination for what? You know what I'm going to say to that? God bless white America. (laughs) 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 If 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 you've guys seen the movie, you know what I'm talking about. How did that even happen? Like, I'm I'm no offense to Adam Driver. He's a cool actor. Uh, Great in, uh, what's the TV show you like him in? Girls? Oh, Girls. Great in that show. Great in Star Wars. I'm fine with him as an actor. But... He got Best Supporting Actor because I don't really see a lot of acting, like uh, hard acting in this movie. Yeah, for him, yeah, I don't actually think so. In this uh, movie, no. Yeah, in this movie, I don't. He plays yeah. the the fake the, the fake white dude uh, for the for the Black Klansman movie. Uh, you know, if you haven't seen the movie, it's basically like a black guy infiltrates the uh, Ku Klux Klan by having Adam Driver's character go in person to play as him but he's actually telling him everything to do so he's basically catfishing the kkk basically that's what the movie is um also going past the android driver for a second um sam elliott for star is born richard e grant for can you ever forgive me and sam rockwell i'm gonna i'm gonna throw a curveball in this one i think that this one's gonna be an upset category i think the oscar's going to richard e grant for can you ever forgive me i think that one's gonna be one of those oh what what who what and he gonna be up there like he he's another veteran actor who's been in the game for a long time too. He was actually in I'm gonna take it all the way back to Spice World. He played the Spice Girls manager in Spice World. Now I am <laughs> going to Oh yes, that guy. Yeah. Okay. I know who you're talking about. He was also in Logan? I don't, yes, I don't he remember. Was also in, who was, he who was, was also, he in Logan? He was the main bad guy. What are you talking about? Was, oh, that's yes. right. Yeah, him, that guy. I think that he's going to win the Oscar for that. Marshall Ha. Mar, Ma, he got one oh already. Look, it's, he Ma, got one already. He got one last Shala, year, so, you know. Mahershala Ali could make history by being the second black guy to ever win two Oscars. Oh, Denzel holds true. that for right now. Oh, that's so. true. If he wins. <laughs> My man. 
I mean, it is in February, so come on, guys, let's do this, make it happen, yeah. <laughs> um, so yes, I'm uh, in this category. I am actually rooting for Sam Rockwell because I just think he's cool. Oh yeah, Sam Rockwell's dude. Uh, so, with that said, we're look, moving on to the director's category, uh, which is Roma's director's up for an Oscar. The favorite director is uh, up for an Oscar. Black Klansman's director is up for an Oscar. Vice and Code War. Uh, uh, I'm definitely thinking that Alfonso Cuaron is going to win the Oscar. Oh, he's, for Roma? <laughs> he's definitely, he won a bunch of awards at the Golden Globes. Here's yeah. what I would definitely do. Definitely think he's going to win. Because of the the news that it would make and the fact that Oscars doesn't have an, a host, so it's going to probably be really fucking boring, um, other than finding out who wins, I am going to go with Spike Lee in this case. And I know you don't I, agree with I mean, Johnny. I mean, I think that it, it was long over... Spike Lee should have had an, an Oscar way back when he made Malcolm X when we were fucking kids. Yep. But that's Gotta just me. Respect. But, I mean, I don't know what it... I guess maybe they have the same grudge against Spike Lee as they did with Leonardo DiCaprio. Maybe Spike Lee has to fight a bear and he'll finally get a, an Spike Oscar. Spike Lee will have to do He'll something. have to fight a bear like Leo did. That nigga slept in a bear. Leo. <laughs> no, he ate a, a liver. He got a... I guess Spike Lee, you want an Oscar? He got mauled by a bear. You're going to have to get mauled by a bear and and follow, and, you know, and follow <laughs> some guy. You'd be out there and be like, you want this Oscar? Open the door and this fucking bear just waiting for like, oh, get your ass in here, Spike. Survive this. Uh, I mean, that's 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 the way they do the Oscars, right? Isn't that how everybody wins? Um, so I am actually going to go with Spike Lee in this case. Just because that movie, for me, was really good and the concept was really great and it's based on a true story. Um, but the silencer moment in this movie is the end, the, end, the end sequence. Oh, definitely. Talk about, like, playing some shit before the credits hit. Spike Lee know how to get you and hit you home. So, in this case, I think it was such an awareness that I think I walked away with this movie about how similar our times are to Black Klansmen in that time. As well as, um, you know, again, showing tr- the truth True video behind a real event that happened that kind of got the true, the true down. video, the true video, like the true death, like the true death. Uh, and I think for let's see, I think the only one we didn't do, did we do animated? I don't think we, yeah, did that'll be our last category here. Animated feature, best animated feature goes to Spider Man into the Spider Verse, definitely Spider Man into the Spider Verse, Incredibles, Eyes of Dogs, Mar- Mariah, and Wreck It Ralph breaks the internet. Wreck It Ralph 2. Wreck It Ralph sucked because it didn't have uh, an actual real villain in it. Ooh. I'm just gonna call it like it was. Incredibles 2 actually wasn't as good as I thought it was gonna be because that also had a sucky villain, Ooh. and uh, so yeah, and Spider. Spider-Verse was just a dope film all around. I've seen Di- the movie like four times. Dialogue, before. visuals, story, dope. It, they're going to win the Oscar. Spider-Man I hope that when they go on stage when they go on stage to accept the Oscar, they're playing that song. Mm-mm-mm. How's it go? Yeah. 
Yeah, I hope that's playing when they go up on stage. Here's what I want to happen here, and I am with you on that particular decision. Spider Into the Spider-Verse deserves all the Oscars for every single category that it it is in. It already won a Golden Globe. It needs to follow up for the alley-oop. Oh, we definitely up. still got to give a, a shout-out to Wes Anderson. Isle of Dogs. I haven't seen that one yet, but this guy always makes some super creative stuff, so... Oh, he, he puts in some work. So, shout out sure. to him as well. Big shout out to him. So, with that said, uh, we will bring the uh, Oscars 2019 prediction uh, to a close. And we're going to move on to our final segment of the show, which is the WWE Elimination Chamber Elimination results. Chamber. Uh, so, if you have been watching, you may have already seen Monday Night Raw and SmackDown. Uh, you may have already seen some of the results that are there, but you have not heard our results of Elimination Chamber. So let's just get right to the biggest right thing. Into let's it. get to the biggest thing that happened. Sasha and Bailey. Sasha and Bailey Sasha and Bailey the show off. made history. Yes. How did they make history? They are the first ever women's WWE champion in ever of the history of women in WWE. That is crazy. Like like we it, the women's division just continues to make dope strides. I'm like... Let me ask you a question. And I think this is a big shout-out to them. Um, who, if this happened during the Attitude Era, who would you have chosen as two as, women, as two women to that, win the WWE? Oh, man. I know titles. who it would have been right off the back. Uh, I, I'm trying to remember the second girl's name. Mm. But it definitely would have been totally... I think... What was the name of their, their group? Totally Cool? I'm talking about the Undertaker's wife, Michelle McCool, <laughs> Michelle McCool and Layla, when they were when they were in yeah, not enough for me. Just another. They definitely would have been the tag team champions. They were cool, so, but like, remember they shared the Divas title at one point. One of them won it, and then they like turned it in. Technically, if you want to be super technical, technical, they were already the first tag team women's champions because when they won the belt. I, if I'm not mistaken, they turned it into two, and they were both wearing it. <laughs> so, <laughs> which is true, I remember that. So, that is, yeah. So, like, yeah. If this had happened in their era, they definitely probably would have been the first to do. I don't it. think I would have chose them as a tag team. No, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have chose them. I think that if they probably would have, because like when I think about the two women during that era who always worked as a team, like I got you, girl, I got you. It was those two. So I definitely think. They probably would have made that's a good pull. I would not have chosen them. I would have chosen Trisha Lita. That's just that simple. But see, back then, Trisha and Lita weren't like buddy buddy like they are now. I'm not. I didn't say that they had to be best of friends. I'm just saying uh, two really good females uh, yeah, that yeah. I would have put on a a tag team to be a destructive force. Uh, I would have chose those two. Um, so sorry to all the other women. I couldn't put China on any team because China was China one. was dope by herself. She was dope all by herself. She was a Award. Yeah, they were called Lay Cool, and they were Lay Cool. And, and, that's and they, right. And they were villains. <laughs> they basically were the Iconics. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's pretty much what they were. Um, I remember them, and I, I think that's a good choice for them. Uh, so, big shout out to Shasha and Bailey for. Can we? Can we just? I'm, I'm just gonna. I'm just gonna tap the mic. Can we be real for a second? This shit ain't no surprise. We sat here and literally watched the most predictable win well, of, that's, of that's WWE. That's just right because now. of social media. That's just because but like they've the been problem. hinting towards this on social media for like the last m- two or three months. Two or three months they've been doing. They've been promoting. Listen, I'm gonna tell you something right now. The machine called WWE 
does not promote things without putting something behind it either now or in the future. They didn't, Brock Lesnar whooped Finn Balor's ass. They didn't always do that, though. I feel like, and no, I still don't think that they need to. They just choose to. They choose to now. They, you know what it is? Is they have to keep you guessing in that regards. They keep you guessing, and you're like, uh, I don't know what's gonna happen next. I think this person's gonna win. Like everybody, they had commercials. They had Finn Balor's family come out there and be a front front bro, and they made you really believe that Finn Balor, without being the demon, could <laughs> was beat gonna, the beast. And yeah. he tapped his dumb ass out and almost <laughs> broke his arm. And then that's just, a different pay per view you're talking about, though. That was oh no, I'm going back just uh, that. But it comes full circle because the next match that came up was Bobby Lashley and Lilo Rush versus Finn Balor, in which Finn Balor was able to capture his first ever intercontinental well, title in the you show. You know, it's kind of funny. I love. I kind of like the way that that story ended, just because Finn Balor technically never beat Bobby Lashley to win that title. Correct, and that's the way they wanted to play it. Uh, Lilo Rush was in that match for that very reason. It's it's just he was a safety net. I think they don't want to. I think they might have like it, for me. Like I said too uh, a while ago, Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar would be a wonderful new match. I'd love to see. So if uh, it happens, I don't know. But I don't think it's gonna happen. I, I, I think that somehow they didn't want to tarnish Lashley's reputation right now. So maybe that's why they leave, use Leo Rush as a scapegoat to Correct. Lose, for him to you lose. You cannot, like I said, they're not gonna put the money behind him. They put so much money behind him. They got Leo Rush in his corner. They got T-shirts. This guy's got like probably his second T-shirt he's ever had with the Almighty oh, Bobby yeah. Lashley. So I own that shirt. And you own that shirt. Uh, so that's. <laughs> That's where I feel like the machine puts the money behind these particular people for a reason. Um, thinking of another match that went on here that was actually quite surprising of a, of a uh, ending was Shane McMahon and The Miz lost their oh, I didn't uh, think that titles. was no, su- no surprise. They showed up in Uso Penitentiary thinking they was walking. They, you know what? They came, they came to Elimination Chamber. Not forgetting that they was going up against a tag team that was a balanced breakfast. Yeah, they had balanced <laughs> that's, breakfast. Over there. That's what happened. That they're five time now six time six time uh, SmackDown, Smackdown champions. champions or tag team champions altogether. I think that they weren't expecting them to walk out of there in that way. Personally, again, going back to things being predictable, and I hope that they surprise me in some kind of way. Personally, I think this is preparing for an inevitable match between. Miz and Shane Miz McMahon. Miz and Shane McMahon. That would be great because I hate the Miz as a good guy. I really but do. But I also hate Shane McMahon just throwing himself off of a flaming building. Well, that's going to happen anyway. He just Jesus. for some reason loves sacrificing his body for, for the you company. You know what's interesting? I feel like he's the last of the Attitude Era. The Sh- Attitude Shane Era. McMahon? Shane McMahon is the last of well, the Attitude Well, the Attitude Era, era is always, always going to be around because Triple H is in charge. I mean, yeah, in that sense, like, he's the last of it where he's the only one that still kind of takes those major risks every match. Like, he takes those big bumps all the time. That's literally his arsenal. He throws a few potatoes, as they call it, a few punches here and there. Throws somebody on a table and decides, I'm going to jump off of it. I'm going to push Backwards. Exactly. It's like, you know you have three kids, right? Like, dude, maybe you want to... Calm down with jumping off. Nah, man. I don't he's, know. He's, he's got to prove I mean, himself. He's checking off some bucket list for something, I guess. He's been the crown jewel. He was with the Miz. And, you know, he's tag team I, I need my Miz, my bad guy Miz back. 
I don't know if you're going to get it anytime soon, but hopefully we get it by Mania. I will be very happy with that. Um, Some quick side news that actually came out um, at the recording of this episode. Breaking news. Um, Dun, dun, dun. Dun, dun, dun. By the time you listen to this episode, it may have already happened. But if it hasn't happened already and you're listening to this uh, Monday morning, uh, then you will be watching Raw tonight in which Roman Reigns has been set to make a, oh, huge, to make announcement a huge announcement on his update of his treatment of uh, leukemia. Uh, he's also going to be appearing, on, if you watch closely, on Good Morning America about two days later or a day later. So definitely stay tuned for both of those things. And we are... Foaming at the mouth to see what I'm happens. be in front of the TV for the first time. Like, I actually want to see what Roman has to say. I want to hear what he has to say. Um, I think he does okay with promos when he's not uh, forced to spit out the machine's uh, script. Yeah. Uh, and I say that with all the respect of it. Because, like, again, the, 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 the WWE is a Terminator. No other wrestling company in the world is going to do anything to harm WWE. Only thing WWE can do is self-sabotage themselves. And they seem to be doing a pretty good job at that. So we no other wrestling, AEW, TNA, none of them have to worry about, you know, being a real competition for them at this point. But we are looking forward to seeing Speaking about somebody not being real competition, Mm -hmm. WWE decided to use my girl, Ruby Riot, (laughs) as a freaking stepping stone for Ronda Rousey to just walk all over at Elimination Chamber. Two two and a half minutes? (laughs) It was like two minutes. I'm like, they even had Ruby cutting promo like, I am not just a stepping stone for your next match. And then she got just decimated in the ring. Decimated and tapped out in like two minutes. (laughs) And then just for Becky and Charlotte to come out there and have this promo where she basically beat both of them that no one wants to see and no one cares i just want becky lynch versus ronda i don't need a triple threat i don't need all this other crap they're giving us you're gonna get a triple threat whether you like it or not yeah i'll probably just go watch something else i'll probably flip to something else while that's on and then you guys can tell me who won i don't really Um, care do you realize you're gonna be there Oh, that's right. What are you talking about? Oh, that's, the channel. That's, oh, you're going to be sitting there. Oh, okay. That's right. <laughs> you know what? Maybe I'll go see what they got at the souvenir stand when that match is going on. I don't really give a shit about a triple threat Bullshit. Match. You're going to be sitting there watching it right now. I'm sitting there to watch Becky Lynch come, come out so I can go, oh, <laughs> like, every, like every other fan. That's about it. We're all excited. Like, yay. And then I'll go to the, I'll be like, you guys want anything? I'm going to go to the concession stand. I don't give a shit about this match. I mean, you can watch it. Uh, for you, you have the WWE Network. You can watch it when you walk away. You can watch it right on your phone. For only nine ninety nine. Only nine ninety nine a month. Let's uh, get to the nitty gritty. That main event. Main event. That Daniel Bryan versus Kofi Kingston versus AJ Styles versus Mojo versus Randy Orton versus Jeff Hardy in the Elimination Chamber, which was actually a pretty dope match, actually. You seem pretty surprised. Yeah, I'm like, I didn't think it was going to be as de- as decent as it was. But uh, I think the funniest moment in the match was Samoa Joe, the first one that got eliminated. Yes. <laughs> yeah. He Poor was. Samoa Joe, man. I feel like they build him up. They It's like, kick him when you up, kick him when you down. They just... He's not... I feel like he's another one that's paying his dues, and at some point he is going many to get years that U.S. You, title. Man. How many years do you pay your dues? For Ask Braun Strowman, Ronnie. Ask <laughs> Braun Strowman how long he's been paying you his dues. You know what's dues. funny? How many dues does Brad Lesnar pay? I don't know if he ever paid any dues, or, no or does he just show up like, give me the title. 
Okay. And they're like, So okay. if you talk about paying dues, <laughs> I'm going to put it to you just like this. Brock Lesnar does not pay any dues. He got that shit on auto pay. Okay? Oh, okay. He comes in whenever the fuck he wants. He gets beat up when he wants. He wins when he wants. He's on auto pay. He he's does like, whatever he he's wants. in the back like, I don't feel like being the champ no more. I'm going to let Rollins beat me. They're, they're in the back like, oh, okay. I don't know. Exactly. I don't know if you, you know the backstory to this, but I just was looking at a report with uh, Goldberg where um, he's actually good friends with Brock Lesnar. And Brock Lesnar was the one that actually went to back to the writers and to Vince and everybody in the back for Goldberg and him to have the matches that he did. So that was planned out of him like, yo, he said, you know I will. What? Who's actually on my level in WWE? <laughs> oh, you know what? Nobody in the locker room is. Let me call my boy Goldberg. Hey, what you doing, man? You want to make a quick hundred? You want to make a quick million dollars? <laughs> you want to make a million? Wait, if you, I want to know how much Goldberg got. You know when Goldberg first came back and he had the match against Brock, where he literally beat Brock in like two minutes. I don't know how much did he get paid for that match because if it was over a million dollars, Brock Lesnar had to be the first guy in history to make a million dollars in less than two minutes. I think the, uh, what you call it, I, I think that you're absolutely right. I think he got paid a, boot, a buttload of money for that match because I damn sure would have done the exact same thing uh, in that case. Like, I would not be sitting there going like, oh, you know what? I'm going to, uh, you know, I'm just going to fight this guy and I'll take like, you know, $200,000. Nah. I'm an, if I'm going to go down in, in such a horrible fashion, which... I think if Brock didn't come back and beat him, uh, and I know we got off on a little bit of a Brock tangent, but um, I, I, if, if he didn't come back and beat him, I honestly would say that um, this whole beast thing wouldn't be as great because he was able to redeem himself by winning clean at, at, at a big show. Well, it was like the first time he actually lost, too. But let's not steal the spotlight away from the real man of the hour. At Elimination Chamber, which was, Rush? which was Coffee Kingston. Coffee Kingston. Coffee Kingston went into Elimination Chamber and almost won this bad boy. Mm. I'm like, and then they uh, they talked about it on Raw. I mean, on SmackDown afterwards. I didn't know that it was 11 years before since Coffee Kingston had a title shot. 11 years, like a world title shot. Give you a little backstory. Just take it back, just a week before Elimination Chamber to SmackDown. He had a awesome gauntlet match where I don't think anybody expected him to. He lasted like an hour or something. He like beat that? yes, he beat Samoa Joe. He beat Randy Orton. Daniel he Bryan. Beat, uh, Daniel Bryan. Uh, and I mean like. Oh wait, no, he didn't beat Randy Orton. No, he didn't beat Randy Orton. Won the gauntlet match. No, no, no. I'm sorry, Randy. Yeah, you're right. He didn't <laughs> yeah. beat Randy Orton. He got all the way down to. Um, he beat uh, if Samoa I remember, Joe, he beat Samoa Joe, Daniel, Daniel Bryan, Bryan, Jeff Hardy, and Jeff Hardy, and yeah. almost and beat then, AJ Styles. Almost beat AJ Styles. But that was like you know a whole other. That was the funniest thing in the universe because AJ Styles, right after he had beat Coffee Kingston, got RKO'd out of nowhere. Woo! That shit came out. <laughs> that of move is still one of my favorite f- finishers in the WWE. And oh wait, Randy Orton's Randy Orton had a moment. Was it Raw or was it Elimination Chamber? He RKO'd someone recently off the top rope. 
What was that? Uh, that I, was Elimination Chamber. Elimination Chamber. What's, uh, uh, AJ Styles. That's how AJ Styles lost. AJ Styles. He's about to come oh, off that roof. That, that was a nice that RKO. That was one of my favorite down. moments. That was I'm amazing. Like, well, Coffee Kingston uh, is going to get us. He came up a little short in the end, but uh, he's going to get a second chance at uh, the next upcoming pay-per-view WWE Fastlane. So I'm rooting for Coffee. He might pull off this time and beat Daniel Bryan. We shall see. I think that he is not going to do it, um, but I think that it's good Pickle. that he's getting a <laughs> a chance at it because, again, I feel like any time and they could they could prove. I hope that they prove me wrong in this case, but I feel like it's coming down to a point where um, when they make an actual title for someone like that, nah, man, I don't think they're gonna sit there and like spend that kind of money and then all of a sudden. Uh, you know, spend that kind of money and then all of a sudden decide, uh, oh, we're going to pull Daniel Bryan back after we just gave him this uh, freeze-dried, biodegradable WWE title belt. Um, I don't think they're going to do that. I think at this point he's going to be the champion probably all the way up until Mania and then someone else is going to take over. Uh, If it goes the way I think it could go, Coffee Kingston is going to give one hell of a match uh, and Coffee Kingston may get a shot at um, a different title. Like I didn't know you were gonna say a lower level title. So you don't. So the Brown guy doesn't win, and he goes straight no, for no, the no. lower level I'm title. I'm not saying that. What I'm saying is that I think that from him paying his dues and fighting in the world title picture, there is no reason why consolation prize. It's no. I, I mean, it could be considered consolation prize. I, I think but he I, should get another. I, I would rather have seen Daniel Bryan versus Coffee Kingston at Mania, but you know that's a whole other ball game. I, I would say that uh, I, I think that the how can I put it? I think that if I could see a match at WrestleMania that I would like to see, and I think these two would steal the show, and Ronnie would be excited because you and you 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 like these guys and you want pushes for them. It would be Coffee Kingston. Versus our truth for the U- U- U.S. title. Nah, that's black on black crime. Damn, Ronnie. <laughs> now, nah, just kidding. I'm kidding. But yeah, yeah, that could work, I guess. I I think that that's what's gonna happen. I think that's uh I think that's really what they're gonna do at this point. They're going to give they're gonna give him exactly what we we want. We got, we're gonna get exactly what we want. Which is, we're going to get those two guys to go at it. We're going to see them tear down the house, and we're going to have a great match. Coffee Kingston, big shout-out to you, man, for an amazing, amazing... Yo, you said it yourself. It w- What was the ironic thing that you found out about oh, this match? Oh, I said the ironic thing. The irony, if you guys have a sense of humor out there, was that the fact that they were cheering for a black guy, and they were in Texas. So that was kind of... They were in Houston, Texas, and they were going and that crazy was, in the arena. Coffee. I mean, it was it was a funny moment. If you get the irony in that, it, there is some true irony in that. Um, we all know Texas is a red state. Not to be political, but we know Texas. You is know what? I would have asked Coffee state. when he lost. I would have been like, "Tell me something, boy." I need you to stop with this fucking star is <laughs> Are born. Are you tired of trying to fill that void? He's not trying to fill a void, Ronnie. <laughs> I'd have been like, "Or do you need more?" <laughs> I can't. I'm so sick of hey, you. Hey, Coffee. Ain't it 
Ain't it hard keeping it so hardcore? So you're going to use a Star is Born for coffee? I can't wait. I'm done with this. The show is over. Guys, thank you so much for sticking with us uh, through this show. Uh, this has been the Ronnie and Raquel Mega Podcast, episode number 76. We're slowly approaching the 80s and the 90s 80s. and 100s. Ooh. It's going to be a fantastic time, but we have something very special planned coming up for many of our shows. You're going to hear some of those interviews from Fanfare NYC. Big shout out to them one more time. Big shout out to uh, these guys as a sponsor of us. And more sponsors to come very, very soon. We're going to be working with uh, some really cool uh, sponsors and doing a lot more giveaways, especially on our brand new YouTube channel, which will be launching uh, within March of 2019. So please stay tuned to that. Keep listening to the audio version. Check out uh, our video version. It's going to be a little bit different. And we're also going to be doing some more stuff coming to IGTV as well. And let us know how we're doing. Shoot us an email, ronnieandmarkel at gmail.com. Hit us up with reviews, man. If you've heard this podcast for the first time and you've and you've just come around to it, thank you for listening. We don't care where you came from, how you got here, whether or not you hated it. If you listen it all, yeah, way even to this if point, you think it sucks, even if you think it sucks, leave a message. I mean, I'll probably delete it, but I mean, you know, just <laughs> let us know anyway. I will. Know? I will pull it back out of the trash and dust it off, and then and probably, then I'll delete it again. He'll probably delete it again. Um, but no, in all seriousness, we do want to hear from you. Um, so definitely check us out on Ron Mar for Twitter, uh, Ronnie Markel Podcast for Facebook and Instagram. And again, coming soon, Ronnie Markel Podcast for the YouTubes. And you know where to check us out in terms of all of your uh, social, your yeah. Instagram, yeah, iTunes, iTunes, Google, Google, Google Play, Play, SoundCloud, SoundCloud. Spotify, uh, you name it. Uh, you can also use your Google uh, phone and say, OK, Google, and call out our names or talk to Siri or Alexa. Call out and my name. Us. Call my name. Call out my name. So you may have my power. Uh, Shazam! Uh, and with that said, we're going to wrap with, it up with here. With that said, in the sha la 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 I need you in to stop with the Star is Born song. Shit, man. I'm done with this. Guys, stay classy and stay geeky out there. This is Markel. And this is Ron. And this has been the Ronnie and Markel Makeup Podcast. Peace.